Hey, Disney family. This is Jessica from Well Hello, Disney. Thank you so much for joining me today for another episode. We are going to be diving into the world of advanced dining reservations and enchanted extras. I am a week out from my 60-day window for my big multi-generational family trip in September, so we are ready to get started. Today, I am going to pick the character Mary Poppins because she is orderly, she had a plan for the kids, and I am doing the same for my family. So before we get started, let's discuss some of the lingo. You have your advanced dining reservations, which is also known as ADR. You will see that acronym from time to time on the Disney website or blogs or groups. Advanced dining reservations can be booked 60 days prior to the first day of your trip or the first day of your ticket. If you are staying on property, the one of the biggest perks I would say is you are able to not only book for that first day, but you can book for the entire length of your reservation, which is amazing. So in our September trip, we are there for 10 days total. So I'm going to be able to book for not only the little things that we want to do as a family of six, but also all of the things that we want to do as a family of 12. So that gives me a huge advantage. If you are staying off property, you have to wake up each morning and make that reservation at 6 a.m. Now, I tell people to start trying at 545 because I do believe the line actually opens 15 minutes before 6 a.m. So if you're on property, book for the whole trip. Now, if you're doing a split stay on property like we are, book first for the first block of the trip that you can. Then call Disney Dining and you can combine your two reservations so that way you don't have two 60-day windows. A lot of people will tell you that you have two 60-day windows, but that is wrong. I actually have talked to numerous cast members about this. They remind me that I need to call them to combine them. Otherwise, I would have two 60-day windows. So since the reopening, Disney now has a whole new category of items called Enchanted Extras. I honestly cannot think of what they were called before, but I don't remember them being called Enchanted Extras. Some of the ones that we have either done or we're looking at, we looked at Savor the Savannah, which is a um, Disney Animal Kingdom safari tour, and then it has like a dinner attached. We are going to H2O Glow. We are going to see Drawn to Life in August. There's also Renting the Cabanas at Typhoon Lagoon, Capture Your Moment Sessions, Capturing Your Moment Sessions at Magic Kingdom or Epcot specifically, Caring for Giants, which is an excursion that we have actually done. There's also one on Rhinos. There's a private VIP tour, Keys to the Kingdom tour. There are so many things that you are able to do now that are Enchanted Extras that it's worth looking into if you wanted to make the trip extra special and do something. You have to not let yourself get overwhelmed because once you start looking at this list of items, it's very easy to go, I want to do that, I want to do that, I want to do that because there's so many things. But you will see your budget will start to balloon and you have to probably be cognizant of that. 
So the best thing to do is to lay out the days that you have and look at like your rest days, decide if you want a photo session the day you're at Magic Kingdom. Do you really need all of those dining reservations? I have a previous podcast on character dining specifically that I go over each one. And so you just have to decide what are the goals of the trip and what, how does it fit into every day that you're going to be on this trip? So first, let me give you a rundown of our schedule. So we get to Disney on Saturday and we aren't leaving till the following Monday. We have on our trip, the first day we always head to Disney Springs or we stay at the resort. If we get there early in the morning, we head to Disney Springs. If we get there late in the afternoon, we just check into our room, unpack, go to the pool and relax. There's no reason to run over to Disney Springs just to do something. Then on Sunday, we are headed to Typhoon Lagoon, our favorite water park. As of right now, if Blizzard Beach opens up, we will be heading to Blizzard Beach. But Typhoon Lagoon is one of our favorite things to do at Disney. On Monday, we are planning a Hollywood studio stay, and we are basically skipping 99% of the Star Wars stuff. We do want to build droids, and we're going to build the $30 lightsabers, and then we do plan on going to Oga's Cantina late night because I'm going to try to get those um, empty park picture photos. So we are going to be starting at Hollywood Studio later in the day. Then we're going to hit all the Disney Junior items and also um, Toy Story Land. So we're going to really focus on trip on that side of the park. We're not going to be in Galaxy's Edge very much at all. So there's a couple of things that we're looking at there. One, we're looking at the droid building, which is an enchanted extra. Then um, we were considering sci-fi for dinner. And then we also are looking at Olga's Cantina. We will see sci-fi is something that we haven't done that we thought would be cool. But we also feel like we can save that for a later trip and we don't have to pack it in right now. So we may skip that one. Then um, Tuesday is our Fort Wilderness Lodge day. You know, we love Fort Wilderness Lodge. So what we are thinking is probably going there for breakfast going to do pony rides, probably go back to our resort. And then if we don't do the hoop doo review in August, we will do it that night. So we'll see. Um, I probably will register the kids for archery and do some activities, um, but we'll stick around Fort Wilderness. And then Wednesday we have kind of open um, Anytime that we'll have a break, we'll be at the pool or relaxing at the resort. But I don't think I want to schedule anything on Wednesday. Then on Thursday, the whole crew is here. Um, They are all arriving on Wednesday. And Thursday, we are doing a VIP tour. So the reason we picked Thursday is because the price varies from $4.50 an hour to I think it's like $875 an hour. And Thursday is the $4.50 an hour day. So we were trying to pick the cheapest day. And that can accommodate up to 10 people. And so that's not a bad price to know what value we're going to be getting out of it, especially because the babies are staying back with the grandparents and it's all riders and we will not have to wait in line and we can kind of knock out all the big things that we want to do before we start the rest of the family trip. Then on Friday, we really won't have any reservations because we are doing Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party because I will do full coverage on it in August, the first day of the party. Um, I'm really going to be enjoying this night with our family, so I'll definitely show glimpses of the party, but it's not going to be as detailed as I'm going to be in August. But we also don't feel like we need reservations that day. Um 
we might go to Sanaa, which I love Sanaa, but I'm not sure if I need to make an ADR for it. We're staying at Kandani Village for the second half of our trip. We typically, when we do a split stay, we stay at a value or a moderate resort for the first half and then switch over to a deluxe resort when we're actually going to enjoy the resort. Then our last um, reservation that we know we need to make is on Saturday for Animal Kingdom. And we're going to make one at Yakin Yeti for dinner. We're going to start at Animal Kingdom pretty early that day. And Yakin Yeti will be our last reservation probably around 4.30. And then we're going to head home after that. Because on our Epcot day on Sunday, we are doing a full-out, full-blown Epcot day that is going to be... Um, covered all day to show you how to do Epcot with a family of 12 um, for my friends over at Theme Park Frogs. So that is going to be a super busy day. I'm thinking about doing a coral reef restaurant just to give us a break from the heat. And um, we'll be taking a midday break while we are at the park. Um, So it might be nice to have lunch there and then either head back to the resort to get a break or we just use the restaurant as a break. I'm not 100% sure how that's going to work. But at least I have my game plan set for what I need to book tomorrow morning. So we are going to be all systems go. My husband's going to be on his phone. I'm going to be on my phone. I'm going to be um, calling at the same time. I think it's easier to do it on your phone, um, but it's also great on the website. So just practice whatever system you feel the most comfortable with. You can do it on your My Disney Experience app, which is also known as MDE. You can do it on MyDisneyExperience.com. And again, you can also call Disney Dining. But Disney Dining is the slowest. There was a time where all we could do was call Disney Dining when we used to book 180 um, days in advance. And I remember those days as well. So because we lived in Central Time and so we were getting up for Eastern Time and it was nuts. So I definitely like living on the East Coast and being able to... um, get up at 5.30 and just be ready for go time. So that's what we will be doing tomorrow morning. So now I want to help you decide how do you decide or eliminate dining experiences? Like I said, when you start looking at all of these enchanted extras, character dining meals and restaurants, you are like, Disney has so much to offer. How do I just choose one or two or three to do because you don't want to break the bank, but there's so many things you want to do. And honestly, when you do dining experiences at the park, I give it always minimum two hours of your time. And that is a lot of park time, especially if you have Genie Plus that you could be using to ride rides. It's great because some a lot of these places are indoors, so you're getting a break from the weather elements. But that is a lot of park time devoted to a restaurant when you're paying all that money to be in Magic Kingdom or Animal Kingdom or Epcot or Hollywood Studios. So you really need to figure out strategically how to work these dining experiences into your day. So let's talk about my Hollywood Studios day. Like I said, we are skipping Galaxy's Edge except for doing the droid building because that's something my kids have wanted to do forever. They are now 7, 7, and 10. I feel like they're old enough to build a droid. I'm willing to spend the money for that. 
Then we're also going to build the $30 lightsabers because I can tell you that I will never afford building the $200 ones for them. That is something they will have to save their own money for and do. Um, but I really want to experience Sci-Fi Diner because it's one of the few dining experiences that I haven't had. And I've been to Olga's Cantina and there's really no food for kids, but it has really fun drinks for kids. And my kids really enjoyed that. And again, I said my goal is to get those awesome end of night pictures in Galaxy's Edge. My kids all have outfits. My daughter wants to dress up like Ray, and the boys are Han Solo and... um uh, Finn, my other son is Finn. And so I really want those. And when I'm talking through it, it just doesn't make sense to add sci-fi diner. We're not doing a full park day here. We'll probably come maybe like around four o'clock. Um, we'll start stacking our genie plus and hopefully like have slinky dog set up toy story mania. We definitely want to meet, um, the Disney junior characters do the frozen sing along. So I will base our day on those items because it's a low key Hollywood studios day, which I think we really miss these days because everyone is so obsessed with getting on Rise of the Resistance or Smuggler's Run. And Rise of the Resistance is easily a three-hour line in the peak of the day. So I I want to focus on the other stuff that Hollywood Studios has to offer so that you can see that. So that allows us to start a little bit later in the day. Do I really need Sci-Fi Diner? No. There's enough quick service options. We could eat at Woody's Toy Box for dinner and that would be fine. We don't need that dining experience. So like I said, that one is probably going to be next and that will have to wait until our next trip. I'm thinking we're going to go over Easter um, with the whole family again. We do have another trip in November, which is a princess only trip for my daughter because she's a dance thing down there. So we are treating her to the royal treatment. So that will be a really fun trip. And then I am actually running my first 5K in the princess run and doing sunrise yoga in February. So I will be headed to the parks by myself for the first time in my adult life. Uh, the last time I went by myself, I was a teen or maybe a young adult when I um, used to go by myself. But I think it'll be really nice. I had a baby during the pandemic and um, part of my goals has been really to like get back in shape, maybe not to pre-pregnancy weight, but um, I would like to get closer. So uh, running that 5k is really a big goal for me. So um we do have Disney trips already planned for 2023, and we're really trying to go cruising next year. We've had two cruises canceled, and I want to get on one of these boats. But now that the wish is out, we really want to get there. But anyway, I digress. Basically, the whole point of that is Sci-Fi Diner can wait till Easter weekend. It's not necessary. For our family, that time would be better utilized on spending it on Disney Junior items for our youngest daughter, who is just now starting to realize what Disney characters are. Now, I understand this decision is way more complicated if this is a bucket list trip, if you're only going once every couple of years, because you want to pick the right time to experience it. So again, just like most of the things that I tell people to do when they are planning their trip, decide 
what your kids are into. So if you are in the heavy princess phase and that is a must do, don't stress about getting other reservations that don't have a princess or not princess base. I know right now Disney is missing a lot of their princess meals, which is so sad because I I even miss some of them. Um, the only one that is really available is Cinderella's Royal Table right now, which is not even a character meal. It's considered a signature experience because Cinderella is not always guaranteed. She's typically there on the first floor, but there's no other rotating princesses. But Epcot's Arcosuce is not back. Al Fornayo Trattoria does not have the Bon Boyer's Breakfast back. 1900 Park Fair, Cinderella's Happily Ever After Dinner is not back. Um, obviously, the Rotating Princesses are not back at Cinderella's Royal Table. So there's not a good place right now to have a dinner or breakfast or lunch where you can meet all the princesses, which I love. So Princess Fairytale Hall is really your only place where you're going to at least meet two. Um, same thing with Olga's Cantina. That is a super popular one, but I don't think people realize that you only have 45 minutes and there's no real food. It's not for kids. Kids don't have fun other than having the bubbly drinks. My kids, the first time we went there, were like, wait, why do you have food and we don't have food? So now we know we bring them like snacks and then they get like a cool fizzy drink and they're happy with it. But it does have some awesome adult drinks in there. So it is a fun atmosphere, but you have 45 minutes. It's not a sit down dinner place. So do your research on these dining experiences. They're too expensive and take up too much time not to. On the Disney website, they list out what the food is in all of their um, restaurants. So that way, you know, ahead of time and then check with bloggers and um, content creators who go to Disney a lot, because we usually will share our experiences, which made me just think there is one princess dinner um, storybook dining at Artist Point, which is amazing. And we probably actually will go back. I might try to even go back in August. That's how much fun we had at that dinner. And it's at our home resort, Copper Creek. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Hey, parents. Yeah, you. Are you looking for a podcast your kids will really love? Well, we made one just for you. And for us. As genuine, all-natural kids ourselves, we know what makes a fun and interesting podcast. So we decided to make it ourselves. Every show is packed with interviews, stories, and on-the-ground reporting. We have interviewed everyone from scientists to Grammy Award-winning musicians to NFL quarterbacks. Listen to Wild Interest wherever you get your podcasts. So that's an amazing princess dinner that is back and has a great um, cast. So maybe we'll do that one again so we can show you. But don't get caught up in the popular dining experiences. I know Topolino's is like number one, and I love Topolino's, but... Try to make that work within your day if you're trying to book that and you will have a better chance of booking it if you can book it later in your reservation. If you're trying to get Topolinos for your first or second day there, it's going to be really difficult. But if you're trying to get it for your third or fourth day, that is going to make it a lot easier. So when you're making these park reservations, keep that in mind. Keep in mind that it's harder to get reservations those first or second days. So for instance, we did Cinderella's Royal Table and I wanted 
wanted it specifically at firework time when we went in January. Well, we didn't go to Magic Kingdom till our third day. So it was really easy to get the specific time we wanted because we could book for the entire stay and I could get that time slot because I'm booking three days from now. So it's always easier if you're staying on property to get those higher demand or popular um, top tier dining experiences when you book out later in your trip. It's the same way with the Enchanted Extras. You're always going to get the time you want, the day you want, if you're booking out days in advance. So those first two days that you get to the park day, I always say don't go to the park the day that you get there because you're going to be so exhausted. You can't predict travel these days. And it's not worth now that we have to do the park reservation system potentially missing. Before the pandemic, when you could say, okay, our goal is to go to Magic Kingdom this day. And let's say everything goes perfect. Your flight gets in at 9 a.m. You get on to, at that time, the Magical Express, get to the hotel, drop your bags off, head to Magic Kingdom, no problem. That's wonderful. Now you have to make a park reservation. And if you are not there that day, you lose your park reservation. And that is a loss of a ticket. And for our family, we don't have season passes. So you're looking at um, by the time you calculate five tickets, almost $600, $700 that we lost because we planned on going to the park the day we arrived. So I always say first day is a relaxed day, maybe a Disney Springs day if you get in early, get settled and get ready to go. The second day, I still don't go to like a park that has a higher demand for a restaurant or something we want. Um, in the bucket list trip that we did in January, we actually went to Epcot first then Hollywood Studios, and then finally Magic Kingdom after that. Did two days at Magic Kingdom, and then we ended our trip at Animal Kingdom. Animal Kingdom is just the best place to end a trip because it um, closes early. You kind of wrap it up a little bit earlier, can get packed up, and you're ready to go the next day. So I just love ending with Magic Kingdom or ending with Animal Kingdom. So when you are considering your Enchanted Extras and dining and you're planning your days at the park, I know everyone wants to get to that castle, especially that first trip. But sometimes it's better to ease your way in with one of the other parks. Not Hollywood Studios, though. That park is a beast when it comes to using Genie Plus. But if you wanted to start with Epcot or even Animal Kingdom, that's always a good way to start the trip so that you can get practice with Genie Plus and just the layout and really see the enormous of Walt Disney World if you've never been there before. So I just want to kind of recap everything that I covered today. So 60 days out is when you can currently book at Walt Disney World. I don't know if it's ever going back to 180 days. As of right now, I haven't even seen an indication that they're wanting to change that. If you're staying on Disney property, you can book for your entire trip. If you're off Disney property, you have to book the 60-day mark every day of your trip for whatever you want to um, reserve. So it's a little bit more work because you're getting up multiple days. If you are doing a split stay like I always do, you need to book the first half of your stay online so you can grab those times and dates. Then get on the phone and call Disney Dining to book the rest of it or call the Enchanted Extra line. VIP tours have its own line. So make sure to do that research beforehand so you know which 
um, experiences have their own phone numbers that you need to call to book. When you're deciding what to put inside of your day, understand you need to block out at least two hours for these dining experiences. And do you want to spend the day doing that? Maybe it's a great way to beat the heat in the mid-afternoon. That's what I'm hoping to do at Epcot with Coral Reef is get maybe a two o'clock or a one o'clock reservation for lunch so we can go inside, be in there for two hours in air conditioning, not be so hot. Um, So those are good ways to get a break too before you either head back to the resort or go back out ride more rides. Um, Be strategic with that. Don't overbook dining experiences. You don't need two dining experiences in a day unless you're doing it because it's a bucket list trip and you're not going to come back for years or in your head, you're never going to come back again. I think in a lot of people's heads, they think they aren't coming back again and then they end up um, getting you. I was one of those once a year people until I had kid and then DVC was calling my name and now I'm a multiple times a year person. So for those bucket list trips, yes, go all in, but still really think about Do I need to have two dining experiences? Is it worth just having this one today, maybe one tomorrow? They are expensive. You want to be aware of the cost. Food is the most shocking cost at Disney because you just don't realize how much you're going to spend. And then the last thing, make sure your dining experiences match up with the experiences your family wants. If no one is into Star Wars, why are you going to Ogus Cantina? If you have kids that are five, seven, and three years old and they love Disney Junior, why are you not going to Hollywood and Vine's Play and Dine Breakfast where you get to see Vampirina, Fancy Nancy, and Doc McStuffins? So just make sure you align your children's interests, your interests with what you are booking instead of booking what is popular. It's easy to get caught up in new and flashy at Disney because everyone is talking about it, but With a quick Google search, you could type in, my daughter loves Fancy Nancy. What is there to do at Disney World? And you will see all the things pop up that are um, good to do at Disney World. Also, feel free to ask in those Facebook groups, but they are vicious. So really try to find content creators that kind of either match your style or match your age range. Um, You know, obviously I have kids that are 10 and under, so I can teach you. It doesn't matter where you're going, how to plan your trip, but you're going to probably relate more to me if you're still in that toddler, young um, child age, you know, and now we have like an almost preteen. So the, the trip is changing. I can tell you that he's, he's not, the fantasy is starting to wear off and he's more into the rides and the water park and that kind of stuff. But he loves to do stuff for his littlest sister. So, um, that's, you know, and he's a Disney kid, so he's still pretty hooked, but I can even tell that things are changing. So, uh, find those people that match up with your style and you think you're going to learn a lot from for your trip. That way you can plan the most successful trip for your family. So that is all I have for you today. I hope this helps in a little way, um, help you narrow your focus down on what dining and enchanted extras are right for your family. And definitely check out my blog. Make sure you follow us on Instagram. Check out the YouTube channel. I am going to be making some changes on our YouTube channel soon, so I'm excited about those. Once again, I am so glad that you're here. So thankful for this Well Hello Disney family, and we will see you real soon.